Welcome to Her Legal Global. I'm your host, Faye Gelb. Our podcast is dedicated to providing you with actionable skills to empower your legal career. And today we're welcoming Shola Kay, who will be speaking about clear and confident communication under pressure, which is something as lawyers we really want to know how to do. Shola is an empathy and inclusion TEDx and keynote speaker who is here to help us communicate with confidence. She's the author of the soon-to-be-released Speak Up on the Spot. She's been featured in Harper's Bazaar, the BBC, Metro, and Forbes. She has coached numerous private clients, including lawyers. So welcome, Shola. We're very happy to be hosting you. Thank you, Faye. Fantastic to be here. Thank you. So Shola, just as we get started, you have a very interesting background of having your master's in science. How did you end up becoming a keynote speaker? Yeah, interesting. I Once I got my master's in science, I ended up working in academic research for a number of years and then decided that I wanted to go into business. So I had a job as initially as an IT management consultant. And to go from academic research into consulting obviously research you're kind of behind the scenes doing experiments consulting you're very much you know upfront advising clients and I did not have any confidence as a consultant because I just wasn't used to having to speak for a living and you know convey ideas verbally so I really struggled in that first position and I actually got put on probation for a period because they felt that because I wasn't able to communicate that meant I didn't have the ideas so so yeah so that happened uh managed to pull that around stayed in that job for a number of years after I uh, got some support in that role and then I took another job this time as an IT I'm sorry as an account director and this was back in London the first job was in the USA and again you know it's a new role lacking confidence because I was just getting into the role and that lack of confidence which I think for a lot of women the way it manifests itself is is not not being a confident speaker, not wanting to share ideas in case you get it wrong. And so in this particular role, after six, this was right around, you know, when the Twin Towers came down and one of our big clients was an airline. And so we lost a lot of business. And so they had to do a bit of cost cutting. So I was the first cost that they cut. And they said, oh, well, you're not adding value in meetings. Our clients don't really want to pay your fees. So that was a real shakeup. Someone who'd always done very well academically suddenly now I'm struggling. And so that's where my interest came from really in upping the game with my communication skills. And yeah, so from there, some personal development work, training, various programs. And yeah, luckily for me, I sort of found my way back into the sort of the working fold, as it were, and uh, now help others to speak better. And I myself am a professional speaker. That's wonderful. That's an amazing story. So tell us, What did you develop in order to give people the confidence to have clear and confident communication under pressure? What is it that you do to do that? Well, it's a number of things, but I particularly, as somebody who's studied chemistry and then was an academic researcher and now works with a lot of people in tech and data and just uh, professional services, people who, who are used to dealing with information, I'm a big lover of frameworks because I feel that when people have a framework for what they need to say, it makes life a lot easier for them and they can relax knowing that the framework is doing the heavy lifting and all they've got to do is supply the information which they tend to have in a 
abundance, but you know, in the, in the right way at the right time. So I'm a big one. You know, my first book, How to Be a Diva at Public Speaking, shared the Diva framework, D-I-V-A, which is about being dynamic, inspiring, valuable, and authentic as a communicator. And so that within that framework, there are many other frameworks I share with, with individuals, with groups to help them to deal with different situations they may be in day to day at work. Why have you found that this is important? You just articulated some of those reasons. We're obviously going to have more and clear, confident communication. But what else do you think that this type of framework brings to the table when people use it? Well, first of all, it gives people, basically, if you have a framework and you announce that you're sharing, you know, say three points, or this is where my argument's going to go, people are instantly impressed because it sounds like you really know your stuff and you're an excellent communicator. Secondly, what it does is it stops people interrupting. So if you can actually sort of signal where you're going with your argument or with what you're about to say, that signaling tells those people who are perhaps they're impatient or they're just rude, right? Who would typically, you know, you've opened your mouth and they just cut in. Well, where is this going? What do you mean? Here's my opinion. What the signaling does is it tells them what to expect, okay? That there is a pathway here. We're going from A to C or, you know, Y to Z, whatever. There's a pathway. Oh, I better wait until she's finished because she knows where she's going. She has a roadmap. Yes, exactly. A roadmap. Because I think as women, we often feel that we need to overshare. So we tend to think that unless we've been incredibly earnest and shared everything we know about the topic, that we're not fulfilling our role. And quite often people don't need to know everything. They need to know enough to answer the question. And then I say, let them ask. You know, you give them what you need to give them concisely and confidently. If they need more, let them ask. Don't overcompensate. Yes, absolutely. You've earned your place at the table. You know your stuff. Give them enough. And then if they need more, that can come in the second burst. So what often gets in the way besides people's confidence? Uh, gets in the way of confident speaking. Yes. Clarity. Yeah. Uh, well, it it can also be, especially when you're talking about women and minorities and, and you sort of moving into diversity. Quite often, we are feeling if we're, there's perhaps just one of us at the table or just a couple and we're among a big group of guys, for example, there's often that pressure that whatever you say, you are representing, right? And so we feel this added weight on our shoulders, not only that, you know, we need to speak up clearly in a, a high stakes situation but any trip up or slip up is going to be interpreted as oh that's because she's a woman or that's because she's a minority or whatever and that added pressure makes it much harder for us to perform comfortably confidently and also in a relaxed way and we need to be relaxed we need to be comfortable being ourselves because when we're authentic as communicators that's that's where the power comes from no one can topple you over if you're being yourself and you know your stuff so I think that adds uh, additional pressure and also when we talked earlier you talked about the temporal expansion and why that's important when you're delivering so often when people are very nervous they talk very quickly is that something that you also find gets in the way of giving yourself over as a confident speaker Absolutely. Because when people speak fast, it gives a message to both to ourselves and to whoever we're speaking to that our message is not important. So the faster you speak, it's like, I'm just, I need to just get this out of me so that I can stop. Okay. So it, it tends to reduce or sort of trivialize what you're saying. So many of us have seen Amy Cuddy's 
TED talk, which in which she talks about body language and how if we expand our body language and we sort of use gestures like the Wonder Woman pose or arms outstretched, they tend to make us feel more confident. And in the same way, we have something called temporal expansion and the body language is called spatial expansion. But temporal expansion is when we take our time over what we're going to say. Now, obviously not slowing it down so much that people fall asleep, but that we speak slow enough that we can get the message across and we share with our audience, hey, this is an important message. I am worth it. You need to listen to this. And at the same time, they are getting that message. That message is coming to us as the speaker that, oh, yes, I am important. So it's almost like a positive feedback loop. You know, the slower you go, the more confident you feel, the more confident you feel you have the power to go slowly. So you can vary the temporal expansion throughout what you're saying in order to be able to emphasize those parts in your speech or what you're trying to convey as particularly important. So if we were talking about something that I really wanted to give an impression on, such as the body spatial perception, then I could slow it down a bit over that Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's funny because when we create presentations, especially if they're very data heavy, we tend to focus on the content and there's very little time that's given to the delivery. And yet the delivery can be as important as the content. We all know there's people who, they, you know, in the workplace, they may not have much to say, but they, they big themselves up and they say it in such a way that everyone's like, oh, great idea. So I share with people is when they're rehearsing a presentation, even if you pick out, you know, three or four key phrases or key messages in your presentation that you focus on the delivery right and you those may be the bits that you speak where you speak slower or you emphasize but if you can at least do that with every presentation just pick out a few key phrases and points then you will be doing better than most people because then you won't be doing the sort of machine gun style delivery it's a much more considered delivery and people get the emphasis um, on those important sections that you, you've decided to go slower on. So you could use that in any type of situation though. So even if it's a conversation with a partner in the firm about the type of file load you have or some other change that you want to implement, you could have your points ahead of time and then use those in the conversation to keep that person's attention and also to emphasize your control and impact about it. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, sort of on the same lines really, it's sort of actually calling out things. So you might say, this is the most important part of this presentation or I must draw your attention to this because all too often if we're in that rushed mode where we're just trying to you know race through we're not even giving people the emphasis that the material requires so people you know it's hard for them to even pick out what's important and what's not because they're just sort of deluged with content so so yeah you know it could be you you emphasize by going slower it could be that you call out and say this part you really need to listen to you're giving guideposts whatever it is yeah, yeah, it's incredibly important. And it shows that you understand what's important. It reflects well on you if you can do that because you're making it easier for the audience and it's showing that you've passed this information already and you understand it well enough to call out certain parts in particular. So Shola, you have generously agreed to share with us the P framework. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I, I'm, as I said before, I'm a lover of framework. This book that I've got coming out is packed full of frameworks that you can just use at a moment's notice. And one that I often share when I'm doing keynotes on communication is the PEEP framework. And PEEP is spelled P-triple-E-P. And what it stands for is point, 
Then each of the E's stands for, it could be example, exposition, expansion. And then finally, the, the final P is the point again. And the way that we use this is, for example, if someone said to me, oh, Shola, what's your favorite pastime, right? So I might say, well, I absolutely love playing tennis. And there are three reasons why. Okay, so when you say that three reasons why, that's what I was talking about earlier, the signaling that tends to tell the interrupters to stay quiet until I'm finished because they know I'm coming up with three reasons, right? So then you go into those three reasons. So I might say, I love playing tennis because first of all, it's great for exercise. You know, it, it really keeps me fit. Secondly, I enjoy getting outside in the sun. And thirdly, it's a great opportunity for me to spend time with my partner because he plays too. So all in all, I absolutely adore playing tennis. With this framework, you can use it for multiple speaking opportunities because you can use it as I just did, just very briefly. You could use it and expand upon it and actually make a 20 or 30 minute speech from it because the beginning, the main point is the, I guess, the hypothesis or whatever it is that you're trying to prove. Then each of the E's is the evidence or examples that actually support that hypothesis. And you could expand on those E's. They could be stories. It could be data. It could be, uh, it could be all sorts of things. It could be exercises for your audience to sort of chat to each other. And then you wind up as you normally would with any speech, by summarizing what you said, right? And reiterating your main points. So I tend to share this when I'm running workshops. And I say, you can use this in a conversation, you can use it in a meeting, or you can use this as the, I guess, the foundation of a longer speech. So when you use this type of framework, and you've used many, and it's obvious that you're also creating many for your new book, what kind of expected results would you see if someone was to implement it? What I typically find is people are a lot more confident. And, and it's funny, I was speaking to a group of women in the law here in the UK. And after I shared that PEEP framework, two barristers who speak and defend people's lives for a living came up and they said, oh, yes, I regularly use that framework. And they said, um, quite often, I may not have three full points, I might have two and a half, right? But I just managed to, to get through somehow. And it always works. So one of the results, I guess, is that confidence is, again, as we said before, clarity. So basically, what happens is once you've got a framework in your head, and it's when you're comfortable with, even while you're coming up with the first point, your brain is organizing that material in the background. Okay. And so that means that you're much more likely to get through whatever it is you're going to say in a way that has a, a lot greater impact as well. And it just comes out really well. So that sort of thing, I've, got, I've had people who have run businesses before and they've been asked to speak and they're not very confident about speaking. But once they have these sorts of frameworks under their belt, they, it just gives them that extra support that they need. Confidence is definitely key. And I can see how these frameworks are going to change the game for many people. Thank you very much for coming on today, Shola. Her Legal Global, empowering and transforming us through skills and shared wisdom. For other great episodes, follow us and be sure to check out HerLegalGlobal.com for a community, informative skills-based articles, and to work with me, your host, Faye Gelb.